What's going on, disconnected community? It has been an interesting day. Uh, I did not plan on streaming tonight, and a friend of mine, Aaron Penn, was on the Serial at Midnight channel, and uh, I've got the link for that below, and I figured I wanted to talk about it. So hopefully we get some viewers in here. But I am not the only one that wanted to talk about this. A friend of the channel, Jeremy Long, should be joining here in just a little bit. But even though it's not Tuesday, I figured we could all use a special helping of Flip. What's up, guys? How are we doing? I'm all right, man. How are you, buddy? Doing pretty well. It's uh, It's been a long, long day. And I'm stoked because I am off for the next three days. I'm going to take some rest time and uh, try to just uh, recoup. There's, there's a lot of stuff I need to work on. This is the first three-day break in a long time. So. Oh, you had one too. Oh, Easter. Hello, yeah. Easter, yep. Praise the Lord. He is risen. <laughs> Movies by E is a collector and proud, he says. Dave's going on here. Dave's going on. Uh, what's going on, Dave? Glad you're here. Jeff says, I collect because heroin is bad for my health. That I makes agree. sense. What's up, Eric? And then 100's here. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Flip. How we doing? Um, so, if you have not watched the Serial at Midnight video, the rundown of it is basically, uh, they they talked about the word collector and collecting essentially as a, a slur at this moment. At this moment? Uh, in the hobby. And uh, video store, what's going on? It's been a while since I've seen you. Yeah, so so basically he said, uh, uh, both of them on the stream said that collector collecting surrounding this hobby is turning into a, a negative thing. And uh, they don't call themselves collectors because it has a negative connotation. And not that I took it personally or anything like that, because, I mean, as you're going to hear in just a second, I, I personally could not possibly care less what they think. However... I sign off all of my videos literally saying from one collector to all of you have a good night because I, I am a collector and I, I want to preface all of this as by saying, do what you want. That is literally like my only rule for all of this. What's going on? Flickering yeah. waves and fanatical and dragon. dragon, my brother from across the pond. Love you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I that's how I lead through all of this. I I may want to collect all releases from a single label because I want to. And if I want to do that, it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, what what about you? What, what about the word collecting for you? So I've been a collector of a few things. Manga uh, being what my, main, what my channel mainly was. Um, and you do get into the collector's mentality where you want to collect... Um, as possible, or you want to collect uh, things from a certain publisher, for instance, like Dar th so. This is going to bring up two points that they bring up, uh, that they talk about. The talk about the fear of missing out, which FOMO, which I think is real, and I think it's okay to have FOMO. And for me, when I was collecting manga, Dark Horse, all of their stuff would go out of print eventually, and I think right. they were the best label. They had the coolest titles. I was into like Berserk. I still have Blade Immortal up here. Um, they published, you know, the violent, cool Sanin, which Sanin manga is targeted for like young adults to adults. And, uh, you know, there's always a fear of missing out. And then now, uh, there are certain things I do have a fear of missing. Um, and this is going to tie into another point of theirs, like slipcover. So for instance, 88 and Eureka, they have two lines of Asian films, 
they're mostly martial arts based. And the first print run will have a cover, a booklet of some sort. And I want to have the collection to all be unified. And I think it's okay to want that. I think right. to kind of, to kind of like, not, didn't necessarily shit on people, but they talk, they seem like they were talking down. And a lot of the video, uh, I don't, and I love Aaron and Heath, and I want to preface this by saying I love Same. But and it sounded we have like... both been involved with both of them for a long time. Yeah. Uh, respect the hell out of both of their channels. Not yes. not looking down on them at all. But it sounded like two boomers just complaining to complain. It just seemed like a pointless video. Uh, and also, it was this air of like, oh, I'm a cinephile. It's like, first off, the fear of missing out is real. And, you know, let's say you get into a genre late. Like, let's say you watch Lone Wolf and Cub because you're a because you collect Criterion, right? And you want to collect every Criterion, which is a real thing that people do. Daisuke Beppu does it. And I think that's a good label to have a whole, a, a, a entire collection of because you get movies from all across the world, from all different walks of life, from all different points of view. Uh, and, but let's say you, you watch the first Lone Wolf and Cub film and you go, Wow, I want more of this. So then you order the Zadoichi set. You go, Wow, I want more of this. So then you order like you know Seven Samurai, Harakiri, but they don't scratch that same itch that Lone Wolf and Cub and Zadoichi were doing. So you Google movies like Lone Wolf and Cub right. or movies like Zadoichi, and you come across something like this. This is out of print. You know, this goes for way much like this is like three hundred dollars for something. It's dumb. But if you were a collector during that time, you got this for forty bucks, three movies. So you have fear of missing out. So if any, so if any label starts putting out stuff like that, you're gonna want to grab it right away. Um, and I think that's, to I think it's a totally fine mentality to have. Um, the only thing I do agree with them is that there are people who just collect everything. And I think that is a little silly. Like I have friends in real life who collect every Best Buy release, and it's like. To me, that just seems silly. Like every Best Buy exclusive steelbook or 4K. Well, point of order here. Uh, first thing is, I don't necessarily agree that it came across as two boomers just talking down. What it, what I felt is an air of pretension. Uh, yes. It didn't necessarily come across as boomer to me. It came across as my way of doing it is better than your way of doing it. And uh, the fact, and you said it, and Jeff did here as well. They regard themselves as curators. That's great. I, I understand and uh, completely understand if you are able to come from that, why you would say that. However, there are lots of us that are literally just doing like what Eric says here. Discovery is very much a part of this whole thing. And uh, I was talking to Flip earlier and I shared that, you know, I came from a smaller town from a family that didn't have a ton of money. And I really only had access to the the most mainstream of mainstream titles. Like we're talking only blockbuster style titles and uh, it, uh, what's going on, Nathan? Glad you're here. It Love was you, something that I wanted to point out that if I can't curate because I've never seen them, I'm just never going to see most films. And they, they brought up the fact that they are buying what they're passionate about, which is great. You do you. I think that there are potentially thousands of films that I could be passionate about that I've never seen. And if I personally want to see those by buying them on physical media, 
that shouldn't be something that we look down on. And then the second thing is you said, you know, somebody collecting everything from Best Buy or something else, it could be silly. I go back to what I just said is if they want to do it and they're not hurting anybody in the yeah. process, who cares? Um, scalpers do suck. And I think yes. you're going to agree with that in general. But I feel like now scalpers are less and less because, you know, and I talked to you about this on the phone earlier. Arrow used to tell you how many were in a box set. Like, I think the battle set was 2,500 copies. What's going on, Ice? What's going on, Ice? So when you saw that, you probably went, oh, crap, I better pick that up because I don't want to you know, fear of missing out. Right. And now that it's out of print, it's been out of print for years, um, It's the price is just up and it's just gone up. But there are other means to get that movie. You can get the reprint of the box set or you can get those singles. Uh, but now Arrow doesn't even tell you how many copies are in their box sets, how many prints they do. Um, and stuff seems to stay in print for a long time. Like if any of their uh, like Era, Zumi, Blind Beast, I think all of those still are available with the slipcover in the book. I think you can pick those up still like that. So I feel like scalpers are getting less and less. And a lot of the Facebook groups, you see less and less scalpers. People are pricing stuff pretty fairly in my opinion and uh you know just like you said if if you go on ebay or amazon you see the battle set selling for 400 bucks doesn't necessarily mean you're going to sell it for 400 but you are going to sell it to, to help move you know right. so something's value is dictated by the market um and then the other big thing that they were talking about was graded content like graded vhs's are great that's in every community that that happens that's happening in video games right now people are getting graded like switch games it's or just the thing i'm laughing at is uh people buying vhs cassettes and getting them graded yeah. they're yeah, all going to grow mold period yeah that's just a that's a ponzi scheme like that's just like and a lot of those people who sell those graded things are buying it themselves to hike up the artificially inflate the price so no matter what hobby you're in that graded system is going to be there. So you just got to kind of like ignore that whole thing because that's, that's built into any hobby. at all. If there's a way, if there's a way to make money and exploit people, stuff like that's going to pop up. Yeah. But when they said they only buy movies that they like, and then one of the points that they said is they use streaming as a means to explore people like me who have a very niche taste. Where the heck am I going to go and watch? Where am I going to go watch obscure 1960s Shaw Wuxia Where am I going to go watch 70s Samurai movies? Where am I going to go watch Spaghetti Western? There are a few on certain platforms, but there's most of the streaming stuff doesn't have any of that stuff at all. So for people like me, blind buys are almost like a must at this point. And some of my favorite things I've ever watched are all blind buys. Are all blind buys. I agree. So, uh, I mean... You know, and, and I do try, and I do think it's important to try out new things. And I've famously with you have tried noir a handful of times, and it just hasn't clicked with me. Um, but I have dipped my toes blindly into that water, and I've tried stuff. So I do think it's just silly to be like, oh, only collect what you truly want. It's like, well, what happens if you want to have a little bit of everything? What happens if you want to have every arrow release and every criteria? It's like, who, who does that hurt? Who does that bother? Um, right. uh, Midnight Pulp does have some... I, I, I do want to point this out. Uh, 
Midnight Pulp does, uh, they have an anime branch too, and I think their streaming service is free. Uh, they do have some stuff, but like, where am I going to go and watch, again, the Mikogami trilogy? Nowhere. That's not streaming anyway. The only way to, to really watch that is on DVD or on a pirate site. So. Brent says, I'm discovering so many cool movies, not on streaming. It's a great time to be a physical media collector. I won't even say it's the great time. I, I would say that it's quite possibly the best time. Uh, primarily, not only because it's in like the highest definition and highest quality, but because we are having a larger pool of titles than ever before because of a literally a worldwide access at this point. Literally being able to, to uh, online shop has changed everything. Uh, and then some of these other comments, uh, John, this is an important one. A collection can and probably should evolve. It can grow or shrink as interests shift and life changes. The films themselves are king, but the collection is something that sparks joy and pride for me. And one of the things that they, uh, they did come across as something I would agree with here is that they were attacking speculators and scalpers. Now, one thing that I wanted to make clear is that a lot of people, they go online and they, they really attack people for scalping and they use the word scalping, but scalping has an actual definition that needs to be understood when you're using that word. If I buy, uh, you know, the, the hot item that you're talking about tonight, the Battles with that Honor and Humanity set, if I buy that on day one and it's, uh, I think it was like 50 bucks on release, something like that, and I resell that with the book three years after it releases because I see that it's on eBay selling for $400 and I sell it for $400, that does not make me a scalper. That makes me somebody who is reselling my own item. However, a scalper would be somebody that sees that that is selling for $50 and says, I'm going to buy 50 of them at $50 Did because I? I think I can raise the value of these on the secondhand market. So it is a very different thing. Yeah, uh, right here. I really wish Eros did the, the, still did this, but it says limited edition Blu-ray collection, 2,500 copies. So, um, also... Like you said, there's people who are going to see that this this has sold. This set has, has sold on eBay for like seven. I have seen yeah. it sold on eBay for seven hundred bucks. So there are there are people who are going to see that and go, well, I have it. I can buy the singles total for like forty bucks. I'll sell the set, get the movie. Um, which someone did to me. They sold me this for much less than what I was going for, just because they didn't want the box set anymore. They just got the right. singles. Um, and then there are people like me who have actively sold out-of-print box sets for almost retail value just because it's like, oh, hey, we're all, you know, we're all friends in this community. Yeah. Um, so scalpers do suck, yes, but people who have something that is of value, because you could, let's say you do sell this. Let's say you want to be a good person and you say, hey, I want to sell this for 100 bucks. You might sell it to a scalper, and then they'll turn around and sell it for 300 400 so right uh ragnar commented on me saying that it is the widest uh area for physical media and he says not necessarily true there are a lot of more movies on dvd than there are on blu-ray and 4k look at the numbers not quite what i was saying i'm saying that i mean we have worldwide access to the largest pool of physical media so even though yes there are more movies that are currently available on dvd and not necessarily still in print but that were printed on dvd 
we have access to more options and it's more realistic to be able to say in 2022, I want this French release of a film because it, it caters to my specific wants for that film. In 1998, that it, it did exist that people were seeking those out, but the market was not the same as it is now. It was nowhere near as accessible. So Also, I, I, I feel like buying a movie and knowing you're not going to watch it right away and shelving it for all say years is no different than seeing something on Netflix and putting it on your watch list, not returning. So even if you are buying it and not watching it right away, not enjoying it right away, which is what I feel like they were kind of like digging at, it's right. no different than going on Netflix and being like, oh, this show looks good. Squid Squid Games looks good. I'll I'll watch this later. Watch list. It's no different. It's absolutely it's no exactly different. Exactly the same. Yeah. And also, and the, FOMO, I mean, I mean, this right here, 333 copies. You're missing out 100%. You know what I mean? So, so get, one get, of the things they brought it. up in response to that is that they said there are some labels that cater to speculators and scalpers. And the, the one that they seem to mention a couple times was Vinegar Syndrome. And I am not going to be able to speak on this without sounding like a shill, especially after Brad Henderson was on this channel <laughs> just a couple weeks ago. However, I would like to point out a few different things. Uh, one is that if they were truly catering to scalpers and speculators, they would print less copies of limited edition titles, yeah. not more. And when COVID hit and everything seemed to be booming for physical media, they raised their numbers of limited releases. Uh, back in, I don't even remember what year I originally found Vinegar Syndrome, but back then... You know, like their first uh, slipcovers, those were coming out with print runs of a thousand slipcovers. And we have slipcovers nowadays coming out in 10,000 copies. How do you feel about slipcovers? I, I, th this is something that I was going to talk about after this. Uh, I personally, I want what the entire package for a movie should have been. I'm not a huge fan of buying them secondhand. But I also don't want to have something and feel like it's incomplete and not necessarily in a collector's mentality. But if I if I really enjoy, you know, this one I just got in from Scream Factory, Night Creatures, and I buy this two years from now and it doesn't have the slipcover, I'm going to flip that art on the inside. And I think that I would like the entire intended package for this film. So I, I don't know that I would seek it out necessarily, but it's there. And I, I feel like I would want it because I'm trying, you know, they talk about being curators. I'm trying to curate what I have at home and being able to have the best possible version of what I have in my uh, museum and library, which is what I call it, which both have curators, by the way. Uh, it, it is something that I, I want the best possible version of. Yes. Uh, I mean, and 100%. Um, Vinegar Syndrome does state their limits on their print runs and it does have like a countdown on their page when you were buying things all of that is true however if the print run is eight thousand and it's not selling out in three days it's not really fomo uh the only thing is when there's super popular titles like rad that is going to generate a larger audience if you actually want the limited edition copy and they're going to bring on way more fans than they normally do for a certain film yeah, you prioritize it if you really want that. The only movie I was worried about was a Bullet Syndrome. I told you this on the phone. Yeah. Um, 
so I pre-ordered right away. And then when I got it, I was like, oh, there's like 5,000. The Bullet Syndrome's not selling. Now, the only label I do think uh, I have personal FOMO for, uh, and it's not because they actively, I don't feel like they're actively trying to do it. They're still relatively small, is 88 Films. Um, you know, they feel like, you know, like their small print runs feel like what Arrow used to do. I mean, all three of their Category 3 films of their box sets, uh, Ricky O, uh, Erotico Story, and, Robo- and Robotrix, all sold out. And Riccio had a huge print run too, and it sold out almost instantly. And then they did a second print run of the limited edition, and that sold out as well. And then, then, and then, almost immediately, standard version. Um, so, anytime eighty-eight films puts out any kind of uh, Asian martial arts movie, I'm gonna pick it up, regardless if I've seen it or not. If I know any, if I know, if, if if I know nothing about the movie, I'm still gonna get it. Just because I feel like they have curated a line that is trustworthy enough that I'm going to check out. Like, for instance, Drive. I've never seen Drive in 4K. The Mark DeCosco's Drive, not the Ryan Gosling. You've said it's good, right? It, I not that one. I've you. not seen that one not, yet. Not you. Someone that I really trust their opinion on said it was good. So the moment it comes up on pre-order, I'm going to get it. So, And then, you know, for people who are getting into, like, Shaw Brothers, because that's the hot thing right now. Is the Shaw Brothers movie. Um, you are going to be like, oh, cool. Uh, every two months, every three months or so, there's two new Shaw movies. Right. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. It's going to have the slip cover. It's going to have the reversible art, the booklet. And then uh, Eric brings up a good label, Error 444. I love that label. I want to own everything that that, that label will put them. Uh, and then the new Chameleon uh, label from Australia. Yep. They're doing numbered spines. So, for a lot of collectors out there, that's going to be a huge deal. Uh, out of the three movies that they have announced so far, two of them I love. One of them I've never heard of, but I'm going to pick up that second one just so I have the full one. So, a uh, couple things. Um, Drive is available to pre-order from Diabolic, by the way. Drive in 4K. Uh, it it is switching um, in the U.S. I don't know if you heard about this. MVD Rewind had announced that, or sorry, MVD Entertainment announced that they were going to put it out in 4K. 88 Films has suddenly took that over, and MVD is not putting it out in the U.S. 88 Films is. So I don't know why that changed necessarily. Um, Ragnar brought up my next main uh, comment that I want to talk about here. Boutique Blu-ray companies are the only companies that are in sales but limit their sales. I would say that is 100% false. That happens in a lot of different spaces. Uh, the only time that that doesn't happen is with open-ended contracts. Now, in our current climate, if you have paid attention and you've been in this hobby for the last three years at all, you'll, you, you undoubtedly had to have noticed that there is manufacturing problems everywhere. Uh, one of the things that I will point out, um, there, there is one example of this that I despise, And I will talk about that. But everything else, I think, is pretty understandable. The one I despise that I want to bring up is Scream Factory. Scream Factory puts out uh, their Roger Corman titles. And uh, Heath and Aaron did talk about these. Uh, They they bring out the Roger Corman titles as a 1500 limited edition run as a site exclusive. And they're each $27. And they put up one or two-ish a month. And once they sell out, they're gone. 
But the thing that makes it seem like they are catering to the scalpers and speculators is that uh, depending on the release, sometimes they limit them to five, sometimes it's limited to three. Now, why would anybody need to buy three copies of Communion, uh, If the, I think that's the name of the title, uh, from the 90s, the alien abduction movie? You don't. And that seems silly. And I guarantee you, most orders they got for that movie are not buying multiple copies. Otherwise, it would sell out in a couple weeks. And most of their limited edition titles are taking multiple months to sell out. Now, they own all of the Roger Corman library forever. They own it in perpetuity. Shout Factory will always, ha always have those titles. Do they need to be limited edition? No, they really do not. However, I kind of understand why, like Meat Cleaver Massacre that was just put out by them is only limited to 1,500 titles. And I think the answer for a lot of this lays in manufacturing. You have to have at least 1,000 print to get through the door of any of these companies that are going to be printing up the discs and the cases and all that for you. And how many, you know, you're not going to see Meat Cleaver Massacre for sale in Best Buy. But Shout Factory, for example, is one of those companies that gets titles in Best Buy. Alligator in 4K, you can purchase from Best Buy in stores right now in most stores across the country. So if you're going to be selling titles like that, are you going to be able to print enough to, to go into Best Buy to make it worth your money that people are actually going to buy them? No, probably not. Also, it being a site exclusive could potentially boil down to how expensive that entire catalog and when you are selling let's say you sell it to amazon it's on amazon amazon's going to take at least bare minimum 30 30 percent. and every transaction you do anything with a credit card or anything a company th th this is why my business doesn't take credit cards or debit cards is every time someone uses a card we have to pay the credit card company and it's usually like 10 percent. so it's around two which is what, sorry, sorry, two percent. Still, fucking, that adds up really. It's very high. Yes, really, really high. So, if I mean, I think what Shout did is smart. You have a, you have a cat, you have an entire catalog forever. Um, and why not sell it exclusively on your own store? Make the most cash back. Right. Which again, not really trying to defend them because I don't like the way they do it. I, I don't think that it should be limited to three or five. If you want to really not bring any negative attention to you as a label, limit it to one. one. Make it so every single uh, home address can only receive one. Yeah, but, but what happens the if time, the whole family is communion? I mean, the, the, the whole family's favorite movie is communion. You got to get one for mom. You got to get one for dad. You got to get one for your big brother. Okay, let's say one per email address. Yeah. Or one per I account. I have like eight emails. So. Yeah, exactly. So one per account. Yeah, if you're going to go through all that time, sure. <laughs> but also, like you said, maybe they are pricing these or allowing three to five because they're not selling out right away. Right. Taking months. And they probably go, oh, fuck, that was a bad game. It's taken forever. But again, I, I don't know why anybody would want to buy two copies of Meat Cleaver Massacre. I'm sure you're not giving that away as a, a gift to a friend. Um, or anything like I, that. I I would. To a point, for certain titles, titles that you really love. And that's why, you know, doing it uh, doing it for three, I understand. Doing it one per email address, I understand. 
I, uh, yeah, I, I don't understand the hate on the, on all of it necessarily. Uh, as far as the, uh, you know, these are the only companies that limit their sales. It's just not true. There are certain times that places sell out and they just literally can't sell a product that is limiting their sales. If they didn't limit their sales, it would be open and available at all times. But if you look at small businesses, which is what all of these labels are, they are not going to be able to, uh, you know, have something infinitely in print forever. Now, the other thing to talk about on that is that most of these are not, you know, stuck in a, a strictly limited edition print run of, say, 5,000 copies, and then we are done selling it. Some titles, that is the case, like Vinegar Syndrome. They do that for the VSA titles for most of them. They are, they're using language now, which makes it seem like they're going to be able to release standard editions, but that may not always be the case. And if they're doing that, it's because usually it's written into the contract, period. But we do have uh, that one friend I mentioned at the beginning of the stream, and I'd like to bring on Mr. Jeremy Long. How we doing, Jeremy? What's fucking what up? Oh, flips here? <laughs> he doesn't have to be. I mean, that's okay. <laughs> the drummer of Atomica. Wow. He even gets my band name wrong. Autonomica. Auto whatever. <laughs> Auto asphyxiation. Good. Hey, by the way, guys, go listen to this band single. It's fire. Really good. Thanks, buddy. Uh, so, Jeremy, tonight we are talking about why we collect, and you, yes. as far as I'm aware, collect from a handful of different labels, and uh, you watched the video from Heath and Aaron this morning. So, uh, why do you collect, Jeremy? So, yeah, I did watch that video, or at least most of it, um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting because I only met these two guys, one who I love very much, and the other one is Flip. And uh, we uh, and I only met you guys through collecting, which is such right. a great bond to have, in my opinion. And we're all cinephiles, and uh, we all have some things that connect us as far as far as our movie tastes go. But we're also, I think, all very extremely different with our tastes in a lot of ways too, which I really like. Um, some have I, better taste than others. Yeah. And we won't say who. We're all looking at you, Flip. <laughs> I know. Um, I I only started collecting some of these, like you know, boutique labels as they're known, uh, recently. But right around the time I met and started heavily talking with Ryan was right around the time I started collecting, and I think it was, quite frankly, uh, well. I think it was partially pandemic spawned and having a surplus of time and, and money and things. Um, uh, although I think it was probably actually more like 19, uh, 2019 that I started collecting. So like right before the pandemic, but it really kicked in the gear when the pandemic right. started. Um, the only boutique label I had previously gotten prior to that was Criterion Collection. Of now, of course, I have you know, Shout, Scream, Vinegar Syndrome, Im uh, Imprint, Second uh, Sight. Who's your favorite? Um, that's tough. I, I don't know. You know, they, they have, they don't have nearly as many releases as some of the other ones I collect, but I really love Second, Second Sight. Sight's putting out. Yep, I knew that was coming. 
<laughs> that was some beautiful, right? I'm like, am I wrong? I think that they are still the possibly the highest quality releases out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They so they don't put out nearly as much, but what they do put out, it, you know, it's quantity or it's quality over quantity. I, I, I would go set scream factory is what I started when I started this craze post criterion collection. Again, that's the only thing I had prior to, um, going down this rabbit hole, uh, scream was what I started with. And I do still really like their releases a lot. Um, they don't compare in a lot of ways to some of these other, uh, companies like vinegar syndrome or second sight. Uh, as far as the quality of the releases, but I do like how they look on my shelf, and I like the original artworks on the, on all the new releases and things like that. Look at Flip's face. Yeah, we need to ban Nathan off. Criterion has the best catalog. <laughs> I I don't think that's bannable. I would say that if you look at the overall history of Criterion, they have a hell of a lot more hits than misses. It depends uh, on what kind of movies you're interested in. As exactly. Well. And that's what the, one of the things I was going to say is all of these boutiques, you could make an argument for hating any of them based on what your personal tastes are. Uh, I I personally, I die to releases, which is why I love something like Second Sight, because I get this giant box. I get a, I mean, in like the last five releases they've done, we're not just talking booklets. They are sending like, 150 page books and i read every single one of those so to have a poster to have a book to have uh like the guest it came with the soundtrack cd for the first time yeah uh i have got all of that uh, plus all the special features i like to pour through all of it so something like that really appeals to me and something like criterion that used to be at the top of the game for that yeah. They have fallen down my my ability to respect them because we don't get the content that we get used to get from them. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that I don't collect from Criterion. I still get new stuff all the time. I still have, uh, hey, <laughs> I still have multiple releases. Uh, she's a she's she's a she's a little sick. You can tell. Can you hey? Can you say? Can you say bad Jeremy? Can you say bad Jeremy? No. <laughs> knows that you're lying. That's how she won't say it. So, yeah, the, the, the recent Criterion ones, I really get the, the ones that I love. And, yeah. you know, like titles tonight leaked that they're supposedly about to announce tomorrow. I adore Bong Joon-ho, and I've wanted a physical release of Okja forever, and it looks like we're finally getting it. That'd be so, amazing. Yeah. yeah, I, I am stoked yeah. on that. I completely get that. They, the last couple announcements, there's there's been at least one or two. I'm, I'm stoked that they picked up uh, worst person in the world because that yep. was one of my favorite films of last year. Um, Nathan says Alien in L.A. has nothing on Bergman. <laughs> while, while that's true, we also got to keep in mind the main that's thing like that comparing I comparing apple pie with a shit sandwich. <laughs> the main thing oh. I always say on this channel is every single film has been somebody's favorite film. So even oh. Alien in L.A. is something that some people appreciate Alien in L.A. more than any Criterion film. Well, that's actually kind Wasn't of... Wasn't that Jeremy's uh, autobiography? Alien in LA? Uh, yeah. No, my... <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. You gotta... I'm gonna flip that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have that one. I don't even have a comeback. Um, I, uh... 
Yeah, I discovered by, by going down, you know, for again, lack of a better term, this rabbit hole of now collecting from all these different labels and things. I've discovered a whole kind of new breed of films, you know, that um, I that I love that I never would have, you know, I mean, like the, the whole Vinegar Syndrome platform is films that I previously didn't really explore until right. until this point in my cinephile life and uh uh you know I, criterion will always hold a special place in my heart because it started it you know those are the ones i first collected before moving on to any of these other labels as well a, you know, for like form. 20 years they were the boutique yeah they were but uh yeah i mean i'm discovering all kinds of new films that i not just the films themselves that i like but styles of films that i hadn't explored right. previously through things like Arrow and Vinegar Syndrome and things like that. And so I love that. And so it's it's actually been opening up a lot of doors. You know, I to answer your earlier question, I've always been a movie collector because I've been collecting movies since I was like young teens, like 12, See. 13, 14. And so, and I have a massive collection just like we all do. Um, even prior to dipping into these boutique labels, just general movies, I you know, I had thousands and thousands of DVDs and Blu-rays and things. And so now, yeah, and of course, now it's just more because now I have the stupid vinegar syndrome collection or subscription, which is not stupid, but it's stupid because it's ma making me I was not say, why is that stupid? It's stupid because you know what does Dallas 2 and 4K, brother? It's stupid because I'm running out of space and money. That's why it's stupid. But I, Dude, actually love I had to play, I, I got a package today and I had to play Jenga with how I was arranging stuff yeah. on the shelf. I was like, where is this going? Um, I just got my package this morning, too, actually. Um, of, I mean, to really talk about blind buying, one of my favorite movies might surprise you guys, but it's literally a blind buy. I was in Criterion, though. Is uh, Beau Travail, a French Beau movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, um, Love, adore that movie. Claire Denis. Yes, yes. Yeah. Love that movie. Was blown away by that movie. And not normally my cup of tea, not my thing. You know, I'm not going to get this homoerotic French movie from the early 2000s, but. Stefino says we just need more shelves. I mean, technically, <laughs> I Stefino, had more I, shelves. I also need a new apartment if I need <laughs> in order to get new shelves. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, I think it's okay to collect to collect. You know what I mean? I collect to collect, but I'm very, I got, I'm a little bit of both. I'm not buying, buying, buying everything, but uh, I'm only collecting certain genres, and I will collect everything within those genres. Like no, yeah, that makes sense. The collect to collect. I mean. I don't know. It depends on how far we're going into that. You know, they touch on these people who are buying just to resell. They touch on that in the video that you that you yes. mentioned that we watched, Ryan. And obviously, I'm very much against that as well. I mean, if you want to pick up, if you don't actually intend on keeping it in your collection and you want to buy a Best Buy Steelbook when it comes out or even two copies and resell them and try and make like 50 bucks, okay. But these people who are literally going into the Best Buy and buying like all 12 copies that morning and then just reselling them so that the, those people tend who shops at that those, Best Buy can get one. Those uh, those people tend to get roasted in groups. Like if you see someone post oh, yeah. like the Best Buy, I think it was yeah. Spider Man Far From Home or whatever, uh, someone posted the Best Buy exclusive steelbook, like a stack of them. He was yeah. doing the digital codes first and then the actual releases. Yeah. And people were that. like, 
you're you're a piece of shit. Fuck you. And that no and one bought them. So and yeah, so said, that dude's just that dude's just out of that money. It's and bad open. That, it's bad enough that he's doing it, but then to like post a picture of it and essentially like brag about like right. like if you're gonna be if you're gonna do that, do it in secret. Don't post on the group. Especially like, two collectors. Yeah. It's that's like the stupidest thing you could do. That'd be you know, like, there are there are things I would like to get from Best Buy, but it's like Steelbooks is the one thing I never understood until there was a Shogun Assassin Steelbook, and then I was like, well, now I understand. I get Steelbooks from steel. movies that I either really, really, really love the movie, and then they come out with a Steelbook, and I just kind of like want every version of it, Scott Pilgrim yeah. and some other ones. And then I'll also get a Steelbook if I really like the artwork on it better than the original release. Same. Otherwise, well, I have no idea well, for Steelbook. What Ryan did with his steelbooks makes me want to collect steelbooks. What'd you do? So, with <laughs> I've got. I, I think I can pull up the a Marvel. Of it. He's got yeah, the Marvel I, ones, but they're all like, it just looks good. Looks awesome. Oh, I uh, I've got them in uh, you know the the protectors, and then on top of that, I've got them mounted on these little acrylic shelves on the wall that uh, they they have them on display. So I think I can display. Let me see if I can share from my cameras. Think I can. Should also, there are some there are some steelbooks of stuff like I really want. Like uh, I think Blade the Immortal got one. Um, the John Wick series has like a bunch of variants that are all super sick. Yeah. Uh, the Raid One and Two. Yeah. Well, I said that, but there's a bunch that I want. I I want to get steelbook of German steelbook collection, but it's it's all ones that I either just really love the movie. I can't pull it up. I'll text it to you. <laughs> okay. Really cool. It, lo it, it, it looks really cool. But the point is, you know, I've been collecting. For oh, so here, long. I can do this. I can pull it up on my phone. Oh, that works. But I've only recently been doing the boutique labels. But, um, you know, I mean, uh, what, what Flip was saying about blind buying is I love, I've discovered so many films that I love through blind buying just because it was a recommendation or I thought it looked good. And you can always resell these things. And you don't that just reselling doesn't mean that you're one of the people who resell for as a profession. Right. If you just resell it for market value or trying to get your money back. Here's my steel books. So that's my Scream Factory and a couple that are not oh, Scream wow. Factory, John Carpenters. That's really cool. And then I've got uh on my wall, I've got uh all of the MCU and steel books, and then on this side, I've got some random things like I've got the Evil Dead uh, trilogy, except I did Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two, and then Evil Dead Twenty Twelve, mm. and then the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy, <laughs> and then my top row is Tucker and Dale versus Evil, the Firefly trilogy, and uh, Your Next. Oh, Rob Zombie's masterpiece. Yes, sir. When's that hitting? The that's that's a great question but uh you know, to talk about yeah. all that i we we did talk about some things before you got on here and one yeah, of the yeah, things yeah. we talked about is the difference between reselling and scalping and if i you know i just shared a comment that somebody made a little while ago that your your collection is going to evolve and change over time and there are some things uh i had focused on for a long time like media books i love media books i've got uh one right next to me that i can share and flip just showed one earlier i've got the creep show 2 media book and i just uh raffled this off because i have decided i need my space to go to other things and it's not like i am i was holding that for 
you know, two years to uh, drive up the price or anything like that. But at the right. same time, I'm not going to sell it for $14 if it's worth 75 because yeah. I have a family to feed. So yeah. it, it's not scalping. It's just a matter of it's a market value for what you've got. Yeah, because it's not like you, it's not like way back whenever that Creep Show 2 media book came out, you went online and bought 20 of them right. and was keeping them in a box in your closet waiting for right. the, yeah. To drive up the price. Yeah. Family to feed. Sometimes you just want to be like Christmas Juan, you know, so you have maximum money for. Flip from the top rope. <laughs> the other thing I want you, you mean about, you mean from the Bowflex. I, I, I didn't I didn't finish the video, but I watched about half of it. But they 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 there's some heavy conversation about slipcovers, which I know is an age old debate, especially in right. the groups that we're all part of. And I don't understand the hate. No, and by that I mean let people enjoy what they want to enjoy and it really bothers me when people hate on it because it's just like why are you know we're all right. collectors here but I, my opinion of them is like you know like I mean like like here's okay so like Candyman when I bought it came with a slip cover and it's the same I don't need that slip cover this is my personal opinion I don't need a slip cover for a standard film release where the, the the cover underneath is exactly the same. The reason I love the covers for like Vinegar Syndrome and Arrow and uh, Scream Factory is because of the different artwork. And that's why I, you know, and I spent a very long time trying to get slip covers for some Scream Factory releases that I didn't have and things like that because I like to display both of the artworks right. on them. But there are also a lot of people that will go on eBay and buy a slipcover for a mainstream studio title that they just missed out on because they want to have it. And I am not one of those people that is literally making a list of all of my mainstream titles and saying yeah. which of these came with the slip and I have to go find them. That However, if I buy it on release... I want it to be the full package. I don't it's, I'm not going to throw it away or anything like that. I, I want to to have it be the full package that it should have came with. Me mm. I want to say, I want to comment, I'm going to comment on this question. Um, our generation's lifespan has dropped. Previous generation is 80. It's 60 for us now. We're never going to enjoy that for a while. So you I don't think better collect either of those numbers are correct. <laughs> I, it's true. It's true. Our current average lifespan is certainly not 60. Not to mention our no, generation. Our generation. Not- our generation. Here's my response to what Flip just said and the comment from what was it, Nathan? Nathan, yeah. Uh, guess what? My grandfather had a 401k and that lasted him about two seconds and he's back to work at age 77 or something like that. And and the in line current, of work that I have? In current America, that doesn't mean shit. No doesn't matter whether you have a 401k, you know, when, when things can be taken from you at any moment and the powers that be are want you to be struggling you could and and jobs are paying minimum wage and less and less worker benefits left and right we could do whatever we want to try and make ourselves comfortable as we get older in age and it's almost going to be worthless and not helpful whatsoever i'd rather enjoy the money that i have now on things and people that i currently am also experiencing some of the shit i own if i sold my whole collection it's probably worth more than a at this point, because like some of the stuff is really awesome. 
A 401k really right. doesn't have a value, first of all. You could have a 401k. Yes, 401,000, Ryan. It's 401,000. <laughs> That's what that so, stands for. I get what everybody is saying there. Uh, obviously, by definition, money is going to be better in a 401k than in a movie collection. However, I think the the deeper philosophical point in there is for a lot of our generation, money is not quite as important as it was to our parents' generation. Uh, that was the end-all be-all. And we seem to be a generation leaning towards understanding that we could die at 50, and if we have $4 million in retirement, that doesn't fucking matter if I'm if I'm worm food. As someone who almost died, when I got better, <laughs> Live on the stream. first thing I said was, the first thing I said was, oh shit, I need to get I a was, 401k, fuck, I need to... The first one I no, said, I said was, I, damn. Oh. Damn, he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> no, the first thing I said was, I need to watch more movies. From a parent standpoint, the most important thing for me, money-wise, if I get 401k, is to get a life insurance. Pretty good. I don't care about yeah. my personal. I'm going to be working. Like, my grandfather was 82 when he retired from making pizza. I'm going to die in that. That's just how it is. I don't want a 401k. I want 4k and maybe 8k. And just like Eric says, you can have both. It's not something that you have to choose from. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, I'm not living paycheck to paycheck because I have a movie collection. Uh, just for the record, I'm doing quite well and I still have a massive movie yeah. collection. So Yeah, same here. That's stupid. You can't have both. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, anything else from the, the, the video that you guys want to comment on? Uh, if you guys could hang on 15 minutes while I finish it, that'd be great. And then maybe I'll have to... <laughs> The last thing I, I really just wanted to reiterate one more time is that the, the important thing is if it's not hurting you or your family and it doesn't matter to someone else because you're not stealing from someone or something, collect what you want to collect. Do what you want to do. I mean, if you really want to collect from every boutique label out there and you can afford it and you're not like stealing from your child's bank account to be able to afford the release of, you know, second sites, whatever comes next. Who cares? I mean, if you make $300,000 a year and you live in like a, a $1,000 a month apartment, who cares if you buy every single release? Like, you, you don't need to worry about what other people think about. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't like I don't. Yeah, you, nobody should worry about that. And I also don't like a lot of the. The sarcasm and hate and uh, and uh, passive aggressiveness that happens. It in came that. off very boomer behavior yeah very boomer thank you Jeremy, uh, for agreeing with that. i it, i said that earlier and i i said i disagreed a little bit what i i said it sounded like it came from a place of pretension rather than are they necessarily are are they boomers because i know aaron's was for you they're like straddling i don't know about heath but aaron certainly is aaron's a boomer oh the video i'm sorry yeah. i was talking yeah. about the facebook groups oh no facebook, facebook group there's a couple was, people in here that I have to really and right. People are just like we're we're all collectors in there collecting stuff. And to to Ryan's point that he was just saying, it's like we're a community and let people collect what they want to collect. Is you know, it's like and then there's just so much passive aggressiveness and insults flying back and forth in those Facebook groups. Like that so one people, guy, Kevin Hurst. Like, collecting stuff and asking we don't need stuff. to name names that's all right uh <laughs> the condescension is one thing of course but i also want to throw out there that 
the amount of gatekeeping out there is really ridiculous too like saying why are you collecting this because it's shit that doesn't make any sense uh video stores asking what video are we referring to it's in the description below it is linked Mm. uh don't go like shit on them or anything like that um yeah heath is pretty young uh they're both they're they're both generation x yeah just for extremely out of time i didn't mind either Here's my question. Though. I love I I love them though. I love both of them dearly. Maybe you touched on this before I joined, uh, but one thing I noticed again, I didn't get to finish the video, but they discussed this heavily at the beginning is ditching this term of collector. Right. And I just and that part I didn't really understand. What's the what's the what's the you know, That's one of the biggest that, things to me that that makes it sound like condescension because and that's they what were... it sounded like to me, and I didn't like yeah. I didn't appreciate that because. And they're like, and and then the terms they were using in place for it, I'm like, why can't you be both? I'm a I, I agree, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, I said I love you to death. I stood you up for that twice, people. by the way. He did stand up for it twice, but I love you, Aaron. You know I love you. You're one of my best buddies. The the collecting mentality Next can you be... know you're gonna have his he's gonna have his daughter saying bad Eric. No, the collecting no, no, no. mentality can go to a, a bad problem, and I understand that. And that's why I was saying, if it's not hurting anybody, do right. what you want to do. We all have addictions. I, I'm, I'm a collecting a addict. For <laughs> what addict? Food addict. People. But you're gonna say cocaine. I was gonna say with a nose like that, you'd be broke, my man. No, that's I love that you say that as Nathan says if I didn't smoke weed I probably wouldn't love bad movies as much as I hey, do hey Nathan Nathan, if you quit smoking weed you have a 401k just put, <laughs> just put the money <laughs> again so you can have both of I, I think we have a lot from Gen X here Man, you guys are all so compared to you, how old are you everyone Jeremy? is how old are you Jeremy I just turned 30 yeah that's right brother we're both version 3.0 Boom. Third of our lives are gone, baby. Oh, I just had my midlife crisis. I'm, 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 I'm having it right now, dude. <laughs> having it right now. Um, I just, I don't, yeah, I that was. Is collecting life. a sickness? No. Did someone say that? No. Everyone has a dude, hobby. They asked a question. Everyone has they, a hobby, dude. Yeah, I don't. That's the part I didn't like about the video, like what you were saying, Ryan. Uh, I just didn't like. It did sound pretentious. It's like, why can't you be a collector? I'm a collector and a cinephile. You can be a cinephile and not be a collector. I do right. not like the term. You cinephile. can really love film but not collect physical. I media. do, and I'm and I'm not joking. Like audiophile, cinephile, this stuff just. Oh, the stuff. term. Yeah. What was the term the other guy said? Well, I don't even remember. Curator. Now. Curator. We don't have to go any further. Well, and that's I've got I've got a sign on my wall that says disconnected museum and library. And to a point I see it as such. And so I curate what I can, but if I only if I only watch what I had watched growing up, I wouldn't be able to discover most of these films. Right. But you just because you say just because you c- could consider yourself a curator and you have that sign doesn't mean that you're a, against the term collector. <laughs> I like Eric's Yes, mine's sick too, dude. Mine's sick as fuck. <laughs> By the way, I mean, Aaron I... says the other guy is right here. <laughs> that Jeremy, that is Aaron from the video. Hi, Aaron. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mean. Why are we Aaron on? 
I literally didn't. Why forget, don't we bring him on? I literally just forgot his name. I didn't mean Send the Aaron other guy. Link. Like the other I'm, guy. I'm on it. If he'll if he'll come on. I love I Aaron. Aaron um, I do I do want to say though, saying being like, oh, I'm not a collector. I'm a cinephile. Um, it's like this kid who grad is very much along the same line. Someone said I wasn't a chef because I didn't go to college. Come on, dude. And that's that's a part of the gatekeeping that I was talking about. Like the hey, gatekeeping. Hey. That say you you know you. Uh, I don't even know the best thing. Like uh, the people that love vinegar syndrome, they get like that a lot of times. If you're not buying from vinegar syndrome, you're a piece of shit. Basically, it doesn't make any sense. You mean I mean, if if you do syndrome. buy vinegar syndrome, you are a piece. Of shit. Just look at what they put out. There's people that say that too. And that is absolutely true. Flip you say if you're not buying from Vinegar Syndrome, you mean buying the titles from elsewhere? No, literally just buying them at all. Like if you're not a participating in collecting Vinegar Syndrome, you're a piece yes, of shit. Yes, because they treat it like a cult. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, it's... Uh... I just try. I, I well, I think you already know, Ryan. I don't. I'm. I, I. I've kept my distance from the groups and things, and all that stuff. I don't like all the negativity. Like everything we're talking about, it's just like I'm just gonna keep collecting the things that I want to collect and and keep building my collection. And if I, you know, it's the 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 whole vinegar syndrome um, subscription that people shit on a lot too. In the in the in the Facebook I think that's group. great. I wish more labels did that. I wish I more. Agree. I wish I wish Eureka did that. It was like, hey, you'll get every Asian release. So you bucks. never have to worry about it. You, Hell, you yeah. never have to worry. And then if you have the funds, do it. If you don't, do, but there's no reason to shit on it and shit on people right. that do it. And then if you and and the uh, the biggest argument, of course, Ryan, that we always see is like, well, you're not going to like every title. Well, then you sell it. Yeah, I try. I mean, I have dipped my toes a lot in the vinegar syndrome. And they haven't really clicked with me until they started releasing those terrible direct-to-DVD uh, action or the direct-to-VHS action movies. Oh yeah, Talons of the Eagle. I love them. They're so stupid fun. But for me, Vinegar Syndrome was always like an interesting label because they have this huge fan base, and um, they have like 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 you said, cult. There's like a cult of personality behind this label. But that but that subscription service has almost got me two years in a row. And I don't even like 90% of the shit that they put out. You know what I mean? I'm like, do I really want it? And then if I do it, I'm going to have to get all of them. Um. <laughs> yeah. Stefino says, all I know is this channel always costs me money. It's true. And yeah, Ragnar, I completely agree. He says the problem is people don't teach children how to save money. I mean, that could be the, the base problem is that that is not you know taught at a high school level or even starting earlier than that truly mm -hmm. or i mean they don't, they don't really teach any life skills in high school well also this day and age like i had a job when i was 14 and i think you as a child you don't really understand the concept of money or how important it is or saving money unless you're working and earning your own and this day and age kids are going longer and longer into their lifespans without ever having worked and like living at home longer and longer, especially out here in Los Angeles. And I mean, I do agree that minimum wage should be raised, but like from a business owner perspective, we can't find employees 
it used to be we would have a line out the door of people who wanted to go work. You know what I mean? Like you work at a restaurant, you know, it's meant to be like a high schooler type gig. You get free pizza. You can show up to work high if you're washing dishes. We're not going to give a shit. How cool would that be? You got music blaring. You can bring in headphones. It's like a dream 16-year-old's job, right? Yeah. And we can't find any. So it's just sucks. It's crazy. Very diverged of topic. But you could do what my parents did and have a child and make them do it because there's no child labor laws if you're if your parents own the business. Which is awesome. Very cool, my parents. He says sarcastically. <laughs> um, um I agree only... with the comment about this channel costing me a lot of money. The amount of times I've met texted Ryan and ended up spending double what I expected to spend <laughs> at the store or on a website. That's true. Did you ever buy Little Wolf and Cub, Jeremy? I no, I have not gotten it still. I and I will stand up for this all day long. I did without you say that he should multiple times. He did, and it's cool. not that I won't. It's not that I won't. And it's not that I don't want it. I just have not gotten it yet. And other Eric says, uh, Eric says OnlyFans is taking a lot of jobs. That's true. Mm. I we should start an OnlyFans. Yeah, we can call it the. We, we could call it no. Ryan should start. Ryan should start an OnlyFans and call it the Dick Connect, and it's just him. <laughs> Ryan didn't get that. Okay, that was. I, mean, I thought that was gonna. I thought that was gonna be a zinger. You said he was. Did you not? Did you not hear it, Ryan? I did not hear you at all. Okay, I said you should start an OnlyFans and call it the Dick Connect. <laughs> well, on that note, I think that we should bring in a friend of mine, Aaron oh. Penn. Hey, Woo! dude, I'm I'm that. <laughs> I told oh, you, it's not something yeah. that should be said. What, boomer? Yeah, I watched the. I haven't seen all the video. I'm gonna be honest with you. I saw the beginning of the video. Uh, I was hurt a bit, to be blunt uh, with you, because the video Me? that was uh, that was did that we did yesterday was not meant to be like a negative video. To, to be just to put it out there, the idea is we've been, I've been a collector for years, longer than some of you guys have been alive right now. That's the truth of the matter. But what, that's true. I started with comics back around when I was like, when I was around like five or six years old, and I moved from comics to books to eventually movies, and uh, I still collect comics. When we put it out as like you know, me and Heath were like worried about the speculator market. I've been, I've lived through the shit, man. I lived through the the '90s and the whole idea of like a bunch of people coming in that don't give a damn about film at all, and they come in only to buy, only to make money. Not nobody here, neither one of you three guys are here because you don't like movies. And there's nothing wrong with. And I actually mentioned in the video blind buying movies. I do that all the time. I do that at least two or three times a year, just because I want to find something that I haven't seen. There's always your next favorite movie out there, and you don't know until you until you give it a shot. I don't mind like people that are collecting movies. It's not, it has nothing to do with that aspect of it. The video is not meant to be negative. And if anybody that watches my channel or watches Heath's channel on, on a regular basis, know that we're probably two of the most positive people that are out there on in the YouTube movie collecting community. So when we say we were concerned, we're concerned we were concerned for people like you, not because of people that are collecting, but people that 
are same in the baseball card days, same the comic book days. They come in, they say, okay, this is going to be my my kid's college fund in around 10 years. They come comic in. Comic books in the buy, 90s. Exactly. That's, that's, the th that's the thing. I'm getting that feeling. Superman. That's that Superman. Voice the hell out of me, man. Because I want physical media to be around for a long, long time. I want everybody to come in and buy what they want. I got last night after the video, I'll be honest, what well, was done today, uh, but I made a video in the night, a live video. And I hadn't made a video, like a live video in a while. And I'll be honest with everybody here right now, I was burnt. I was burnt out. And making that video that I did yesterday with Heath, it sparked something in me. And I haven't bought a movie since December. And last night, we bought the Shasko set. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, right on, because a way to come back. You had that. That's you know. That's one that I that I had to have. And tonight, when the reason I didn't see the video because I normally see disconnect his videos right away, uh, is that uh, I was doing a video basically talking about the yellow set and the red set and the yellow essentials, which one to buy. Uh, and I thought of it. Okay, this is kind of my comeback. And then I came on here afterwards because I said, okay, I like disconnect his live videos. I want to check it out and see what's going on. And I said, oh, it's something based on what what I did and something I was very, very proud of. And the first five minutes, ah, it hurt, man. It did. Um, because it's not the way that it was meant to be, to come across. Um, I come here all the time to help people collect. I make people spend money, unfortunately, right. <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah, you do. You guys I've are tried. Awesome. I've dipped my toe in the Jeff Franco. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I still... Bahia Blanca. If you can never see Bahia Blanca, that, that makes That's sense. the one I love. That's the only movie of his I really, really love. Exactly. But anyway, um, I want to come in because I want to talk to you guys. And I wanted to set the record straight. It was never meant to be like, be like an, an indictment against anybody that's collecting. Uh, my God, have you ever looked behind like heats <laughs> with what's behind there? Oh, yeah, for or sure. What, when I used to go my movie library, which is all like packed up right now, unfortunately. Except for a few over there, uh, some arrow ones that I'm checking out. <laughs> uh, I got my Gamera set over there, and I got my uh, Godzilla set down there. And with Nona, which I watch at least every two months, I watch with Nona because it's one of my favorite movies. Right. Anyway, so that I wanted to say that, and I'm here. <laughs> I Aaron, I will say I have. Oh, I was going to say I have three questions. Go for it. As someone who just got into Jello a lot. I have the red and yellow. Which one do you prefer? You cut it on me for a second. Um, he's trying to get in his yellow, and he's got the red and yellow set. Which one do you prefer? Yellow. Which one do you like uh, the most? Yellow. Uh, yellow's definitely, if you're going in first and you've never had yellow before, uh, yellow's the one to go for. Because, see, there's yellow pre-1971 and, and post-1971. And the big difference that, that happens with it is Dario came along and he made birth to crystal plumage and it blew the shit up. It changed everything when it came to Jello. Before Jello was more along the lines of like, there were kind of mysteries, but there were like inheritances and there was like a lot of money and going around different places. And it was all about the, the glitz and the glamour of it. And Dario made it about the kills and the murder and the mystery is still there, but, but he plays fair. He does show you in the films. Okay. Here is the exact spot where you could know who that killer is. Uh, Torso, which is on that yellow set, or Sergio Martino, crosses over between like Jello and Slasher. 
and it's uh there's a canadian film called curtains that does the exact same thing in the opposite direction but both are fantastic films uh so the i think the red set is good but i don't think it's going to sell people on jello but i think that the yellow set is going to be one and you can let me know what your thoughts are because it might be totally different i think uh, yellow is entry level and red is once you've gotten used to it you yeah like once it. you've been in for a bit like once you've checked out a few once you've checked out some martino some Fulci, some then you know these are some of the that's like when i think of the forgotten jellos remember the ones that come out from uh, came out from vinegar center uh you know obviously by the time you watch those you should watch some other jellos first because there's a reason to call the forgotten jellos <laughs> there's some of them are good but they're 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 fun but they're ones that uh that weren't like the i guess the big jellos back in the day but uh i'm glad to see them I'm on the fourth line i don't have yet but it's super sleazy so i want it <laughs> I, and then my second question is how many of the movies have you seen in the Shoska? Oh, God. Uh, uh, probably most, but not in a long time. So when it comes to this flip, it would be like your knowledge and Eric's knowledge would be like super way above mine in this genre, like to be bluntly honest with you. Um, so I'm going to be going into a lot of this stuff, uh, like with new eyes. Like I remember a couple of Muddy Peaking Man, of course, I remember that. And, um, you know, the, uh, there's a couple of them that kind of stand out to me. But I'm so excited to watch them again for, like, for the very first time. I remember when we did the video when we were talking about our, our top ones of the year. And you were there and you had the Shoscope box set. And, you know, and you guys had the Shoscope set. And I was so down after that video because I'm like, God damn, I don't have <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, I don't have that set. I really want it so bad. But I just couldn't afford it. Right. And last night it was on sale. And we we're like, oh, it's, it's a bit of money. But we really, really wanted my better half. Now, she would be the one that has seen everyone on that set. Uh, like, where she's Your from. She's so from awesome. She is. She is. She is. <laughs> you rocks. She's from, um, she's from Morocco. And a lot of those films, like, would play there. So she loves, like, uh, she loves martial arts. She loves the Shaw Brothers stuff as much of that as she can get as possible. Uh, she, you know, she'll go away from the horror and stuff like that. But <laughs> she's there for the Shaw Brothers. And then my third question is, I was just going to say, are you finally moving? Is that why you're just packed up? (sighs) It's up in the air. We're hoping. Uh, We don't know. We don't have anything yet. Our stuff may go before we do. So we could be here like six months. I could be here six months without movies. So the only, that Shoscope's going to be the only damn thing I got to watch. So I'm going to watch that. (laughs) So what I was going to say, here posted a comment i don't think aaron and heath were trying to stir the pot but i think these sort of discussions always trigger an emotional response because our collections mean so much to us slip covers and all and obviously that end part is a joke there um what i wanted to say is nothing here was meant to attack you guys i had multiple people message me and say did i see the video because it seemed like people were upset about just literally purchasing physical media so i think some people were getting the wrong idea because they were they were reading between the lines so i basically just wanted to ease people and say do what you want to do that was the whole point of this and at the end of the day you're right you're 100 right like there's no per, there's no way that we you should collect um and at the end of the day no matter what we call ourselves cinephiles curators we're we're collectors of of, of nature i cl- i collect omnibuses as well Right. You should be proud of me for that. Uh, make me jealous. <laughs> uh, I got like, uh, I picked, I got the Alex Toth, uh, Creepy Presents Alex Toth volume today. I'm super stoked on that. And posted um, a video about it, by the way. So go check out Aaron's channel. That is such a good b- book. I mean, I, I was looking through it today and I'm just so, some, I'm keeping some books till I 
after I move because there's no like English language. I'm, I'm going to Morocco, by the way, guys, uh, for those that are watching the, that don't know me or my channel. So my better house is from Morocco. We got a condo in Morocco. We've had it for a couple of years, but we haven't been able to move. Uh, and eventually we're going to move, but it's a mostly like French speaking country. So not easy getting like English speaking films or right. English uh, books there. It's going to be a rarity, but then that'll make you treasure them even more. Well, for me, it's going to be trips over Canada. <laughs> I consider myself a little bit of a historian because I have, like with my collection, I think the word historian would be better because I have almost every, I'm 23 away from having every martial arts movie that Shaw ever released. That is I've seen about 80-something percent of it. So, uh, and then I have, like, if you were to say, like, hey, samurai movies, massive samurai movie guy. I have a probably like sixty movies out three World War II samurai movies. And it's really cool to see their cinema transition after getting two nukes dropped on the country. <laughs> it's wild to watch. It'll I uh like yeah, what I'm a you know, at the end of the day, collector, the reason I we we just said okay, we don't use the collector word so much anymore is because there's been a negative connotation that's come about and I've seen it more recently. And, uh, but don't let that stop you from calling yourself whatever you want to call yourself collector. I like curator because curator doesn't mean that I know the films that I'm going to get that, that I, that I'm buying. It just means it's like, say I like film noir and I may not have seen the film noir. I mean, I've seen the, any like 10 of the film noirs that I'm picking up, but I'm going to pick them up because I want to have that in my uh, collection. And at the end of the day, if I don't like something, a lot and if you don't like something a lot and, and there's, there's there's a limited amount of space that you got you know you don't have to keep that right. uh i still think scalping is like I, i'm not big on that oh yeah like, scalping is awful I'm, none of us agree with it like and there's a difference between scalping like selling movies to get rid of films and stuff like that or, or selling like say like me i don't like slip covers were like uh something i was kind of big into and i really at this point when i'm moving you real when you're moving you realize like the stuff you're like do I need this? Like right. it puts things in a different perspective for you. So to give you an example, like most of my movies are going over in like uh, binders, right? So I get these 400 binders type thing. And uh, so, and I got the cases and all, all the sleeves are taken out and they're going over in these, uh, in these file folders. So we're taking over some blank cases and then he's like, well, what are we going to do with the slip covers? And I'm like, if, if that slip cover is the same damn picture that's on my that's on my disc, I'm probably not going to keep that one. And uh, and for me, honestly, finance finance wise, I'm thinking, you know, some people like vintage slip slipcovers. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe I can make a little bit of money that way. To to be honest with you, exactly. And uh, one of the things that we were talking about is the the way that these negative perceptions get boomed up is by these smaller communities within the overall community. And like Ragnar commented and said, and I know you'll agree with me, Aaron, because we've talked about this. The Vinegar Syndrome Facebook page is very toxic. It's, it's, yeah. it's awful. Like it's, the group or the official page? No, the group. I think they all are. To an well, extent. that's true. I mean, look at uh, Aaron and I have talked about this too, but the, yeah. every time Arrow announces something, there's comments in there saying nothing for me this month because this label's trash the most or something. Toxic group. Arrow fans are the most toxic group I, I've seen that I would. Because yeah. I'll be hyped up on stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I get hyped on stuff and then you see the comments and it's like, more Asian movies? Where the fuck is Chainsaw Gut Ripper 4? <laughs> it's like, yeah. 
Chainsaw. I mean, they had to to go on from that. Like people have to, like these companies have to make other other things. Like uh, right now, the Asian cinema is it's big. What you get as much out there as possible. Uh, people look and say, oh, well, they're putting a cloak and dagger with Vanguard Cinema. I can't believe they're putting it that. They could put it like something super squeezy. Yes, they can. But you know what? Cloak and dagger is probably going to get them a bit more money, as is like with films like Rad and uh, some of the other ones that are out there. It's okay to have like some some more mainstream stuff amongst your uh, amongst your titles. Well, it's not like it's a bad movie either way. I mean, it's oh, not. Oh, awesome, man. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what I've never understood, the people complaining about that. Just because it doesn't feel like a Vinegar Syndrome title to you, who cares? I, a, Aaron's, a more Aaron's favorite movie of last year, Bullet Syndrome. Great Vinegar Syndrome title. <laughs> a more well-rounded uh, palette of cinema is not something that anybody should be complaining about. My God, no. Like Especially in this day and age when we're so lucky that we're getting like physical media releases out there at all. Exactly. Just, go for me. It's it's it comes along like make you know the acquisitions. Do it, you know, get stuff out there for everybody that people are going to buy. Right. And don't don't chromium cover this for us. <laughs> don't give us chrome. Don't give us nineteen ninety five chromium covers with with nothing in inside. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, uh, Aaron, I, I suppose that I should say I apologize if anything came across as insulting. I don't think any of us meant it as that. I think that some of I the... <laughs> I'm just kidding, Aaron. So you know I, I love you. I booted him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, some of the aspects of collecting, it does bring out the worst in people. And one of the things that people, they genuinely, like John just said in that comment, they, they really put their life into some of it. And when it seems like they're being attacked for it, they feel hurt. And the biggest thing, and I know Aaron means it at heart, and I think I, I just wanted to make sure that it came across in a clearer way, is that do what you do what you want. I mean, as long as you're not hurting anyone else, which would include scalping because scalping literally hurts other people. As long as you're not scalping, do what you want. I mean, if you, if you make half a million dollars a year and you live in a cheap house and can afford to buy every release, do it. Nobody's going to fault you for it. Just appreciate what you got and collect what you want. Enjoy it. Like what, watch yeah. the movies that you, that you get. Like I'm, I'm got so, I'm so behind on my, on my, I guess a lot of us here, are. uh, Jeremy flip this, I guess we're all behind on our, cause we have, absolutely. Movies. <laughs> that we got to watch, right? We've got our, our watch pod gets bigger every day. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, the amount of movies in my collection that I haven't gotten <laughs> <laughs> watched. Yeah, I know, man. And I well, and, and, and I, I watch the same shit over and over. Oh, that's my fault. Like that's what I do too. I'm like, oh, I should watch this movie that I got, and then I'll go back. Yes, but I want to watch this documentary again. Last night, I actually watched three movies that were on my watch list, all Kino Lorber releases, and had a blast with. So nice. Did knock down the watch list by three, but still like a hundred, I think, on Letterbox or something like that. Like it's stupid. <laughs> uh, obviously, promise, today's. Go ahead. I'm trying. I I. Ryan knows this about me. I don't know about Flip, but I'm I'm I I actually try to watch like almost every mainstream release throughout the year, so I can make a very accurate, like best of, whatever year it is list at the end of the year, which is something I'm very passionate about. So sometimes I'm so busy keeping up with like the steady stream of weekly releases throughout the year that I'm like, oh yeah, I have like a buildup of Vinegar Syndrome titles I just got right. that I, I want to dig into also. Everybody has talked about these in terms of an investment, in terms of money, but I view my collection as an investment in terms of time because I've got kids that are seven and five 
and I can't watch, you know, whatever gut splitter four or whatever you said, I can't watch that at three o'clock in the afternoon right now around my kids, but in eight years I'll be able to, and I will be able to watch like five for my collection every single damn day. And I can't wait. I can't wait till she's old enough that I can be like, you want to watch Ogami Ito? Slay some, mo- <laughs> some, some mofos? Let's go. I've got to say I plan on having kids, but that's great for you too. You don't, <laughs> if you don't want kids, Jeremy, I think that you'd be a terrible uh, You are accurate. <laughs> and that's why I don't want it. You'd be a great dad, Jeremy. <laughs> um, maybe. Um, I just, yeah. You just got to quit it. the cocaine problem. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, thank you for coming on, Aaron. I hope that makes sense, the, what we were trying to say at the end of that there. Oh, no, it does. I mean, like, the nicest comment that we that I got from from there, and I, that stood out when I was reading through the comment section afterwards, because I do read the comments. I don't always get a response, but I'm sorry. Right. Uh, but it's uh, basically that they were, somebody was overwhelmed with everything that was that was there. And they right. felt that watching the video, they, they felt like they could, like, just go, like, relax yeah and not have to feel that it was that it was getting too much and it can get i like i've been there man uh like when everybody's going out and they're doing like the the big channel's got their tuesday releases and they've got like every you know it's every yeah. title out there and i'm a smaller i think myself as a smaller channeler you know i can't do that i can't buy every release that comes out i can't get every box set and um and i understand like from like the people that, that watched it, my channel too, like a lot of them are like me. They can't go and buy everything. So to to feel like, okay, it's okay. It's, you know, it, get what you like. It's it's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to keep up with the Joneses. Just exactly. Don't let, don't let the stress, don't let anything that you do in your life get, get to a point where you're super stressed about it, where it's making Be you feel your bad. own weirdo. Exactly. And I'm super weirdo. Um, so, <clears throat> too, man. Anyways, uh, this went on way longer than expected tonight. I just wanted to, to say you are free to collect what you want to collect, and people should know that. And it seemed like some people did not feel like that was the case. And, uh, yeah. But I do have superior taste to everyone. <laughs> Aaron, we appreciate you, and more Love so you, than j- just for that video. Wow. I mean, I, I watch Aaron literally almost every single day of my life. I... Uh, yeah, I went too. to, I went to Arizona in uh, October, and I got so far behind on videos that literally today I watched two of Aaron's videos from October. I'm still getting caught up because I appreciate his stuff so damn much. Um, but uh, all it really comes down to is do what you want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, and that seems to be the mantra of this this new like uh, Gen Z and below generations that they understand that. You don't have to live up to the expectations of other people. And unfortunately, for more so the, the the boomer generation, but coming down to the Gen X and even like the Gen Z, some of them, they really had the idea of you have to make somebody happy. And that's why a lot of us go to fucking therapy because we're dealing with trying to make our parents happy. So I, I get it. Uh, it's hard out there. Um, but just do what you want and don't care what people care about. Eric says he sees Aaron releases. Why is that what was that, Aaron? Have the Gen X personality of not caring 
Anyway, just just be chilled. <laughs> exactly. Aaron, you are my favorite boomer, and I love you. He's not even a boomer. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying that because I'm, I'm just making a joke. I love Aaron. I love you. I was like, oh my god, dude. Like, do I really look that old right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> Did I shave my hair that much that I need? <clears throat> Flip, Aaron, Jeremy, thank you for joining for the conversation tonight. I hope it was enjoyable. Aaron, I I hope no feelings were hurt. I I no. love Heath. I love you. Flip really hates Jeremy. Yeah, Flip doesn't like me, and then feelings mutual. But I, I like Aaron. That's <laughs> the feelings mutual. Everyone loves this guy. Wait, every, everyone loves this guy and this guy. Okay, everyone should hate yeah. this motherfucker right here. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Ryan, yeah, Ryan. Um, I'm, I'm a new fan. I'll be watching. Um, I'll be watching Aaron stuff. I don't even watch that much YouTube. Honest, I watch a lot. I watch pretty much everything Ryan puts out, but I'm going to be watching Aaron's now because what he said here tonight has made a fan out of me. I I watch Aaron so much that my wife walks by my computer while I work and says, "Oh, you're watching the professor again, huh?" Yeah, <laughs> that name that name stuck, man. That was so many years ago. Yep. <clears throat> I remember. By the uh, way, Aaron. Oh, sorry. I, I was going to say. Uh, Back when we had a dishwasher, before I was doing, I would Aaron's, we would be at the restaurant, and I would catch up on Aaron's video while I was waiting for him, or most of the time he would be streaming super late, randomly too, a lot of times, and I would be like donating there. I love you. You are friend. the biggest donator I've had on my channel. It's like still to this day, which is <laughs> this crap you, not good. My, don't, don't say you're my don't. better half favorite person. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my god but uh but no yeah back then like i worked and i still work the same job but i used to work uh before the world caught on fire uh, i worked out <laughs> from home so i'd come home i'd be it'd be like 12 1 o'clock at night i would be super hyped and i'm like okay you know what i'm gonna do right now um, i'm gonna just chill and make a video and just be around people that that i really care about and that's the one thing I got to say. I've been doing this for 10 years. These guys, all, all these guys here are awesome, by the way. Uh, they'll probably be doing this long after I'm retired from this here right now. But, um, and, and you know what? That's okay. Because you got guys like Flip and Jeremy and Disconnected. And it makes me feel good about this, uh, about this community. Because I know that uh, it's going, that it's in good hands. And more than anything else, I know it's in good hands. And I was upset when I first came out. I was like, oh my God, I'm totally going to blast these guys because I watched first this video and I felt really, and I felt really upset. And then I thought about it. And as, as I was talking, I'm like, these, you know, they're super passionate. And if there's anything that I can just like put out there is like, be like these guys, man, be passionate about what you, what you do, about what you, what you collect, about what you get, whether you collect it, curate, cinephile, I don't care what word you use just love it and that's at the end of the day that's it and uh thank you guys thank you so much for having me come in i really appreciate I love that you. I mean, we need to have you back on you were a freaking regular and then i know it's just that like i'll be honest with you at the time yeah like, can we get you on instead of flip more often <laughs> and uh I, I basically i i was working like really late hours so i was exhausted all the time which is the reason I, I miss your old uh, once or twice a week, three and a half hour streams. <laughs> I still try to do them, but the YouTube algorithm 
has been brutal to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I've been trying to do, uh, if you notice, I do a few more like shorter videos. Yeah. And some of them, luckily, I want to thank you guys that watch those because I watch uh, them all. They you like, know what's funny is that I found Aaron's channel from Heat years ago. And then now we're talking to Aaron on the channel because of another video he did with Heat. <laughs> so, it's the circle, circle, man. circle of life. <laughs> The link for uh, Aaron's channel is in the, the chat there. And if you look him up, he is the Cult of Cinema or Aaron Pin. Both on YouTube will bring up his channel. Pin is P-Y-N-N. Uh, Jeremy is a stand-up comedian. If you are in Southern California, go see him. And also, he plays in a band called Autonomica. Is that how we pronounce it? I've, I've never said it out loud because I've only read it from you for the last nine months or whatever. Yeah, that's that's correct. That's how you pronounce it. And then uh, Flip and I have a show every Tuesday. We'll be live tomorrow discussing our number three and four top directors of all time and the films we love about them because we watch the damn films. Watch what you have. Watch what you love. Be passionate about film. Yep. Do what you want. And if you're in the central Illinois area, don't come to my pizza, please. I don't. Okay. <laughs> don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> we love you guys. We'll see you next time. Have a good night. And uh, I should probably hit the end broadcast button. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.